wow. <laughs> when you slip in the front, you don't really see until you look. Marvelous, and what a building. It's all very pretty. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It's, yes, it's still morning. Great to see you all. How are you today? Have you ever had a welcome like that? <laughs> Father God, I just ask for such uh, a feel of your presence among us. I want to ask, Lord, that you bless each person here today. That you will come with a fresh anointing for each person. And that we'll have a dollops of your presence poured out like oil on us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Isn't he absolutely wonderful? I love him to bits. I think the Father is great. And the Holy Spirit, if you are a follower of Jesus, he's living inside you. And you carry him wherever you go. So I carried the Holy Spirit from Cape Town into the UK and was based at various places and now based in Cambridge. And I've carried him to Swindon. We were in Swindon at the church from Wednesday till yesterday. And now I've carried him here to join in with him in all of you. Isn't it amazing? When you stop and think, we are carrying the Holy Spirit in us wherever we go. And God loves people so much. For God so loved the world. He loves people so much that he's always ready and willing for us to step out and do stuff to come and bless other people. And um, in Matthew 22, we read that uh, the Pharisees came to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, what is, the, what is the biggest commandment? And Jesus said, well, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yes. And we do. We love him. We start there. We love him so, so much. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, and the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Funny, it goes from there and immediately to people. Because you know, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we spend time with the Father, and we just allow him to come and fill us and love us, we cannot help but love other people. And that's what the kingdom is. The local church is not the kingdom. And so often we are in our own city or our own town, in your own place, in your own home, and it's all very, this is where we are, this is what we do. But the local church is not the kingdom. It is an embassy of the kingdom. And we are ambassadors of the kingdom. Isn't that wonderful? And you know, we get, if you go into London, all the embassies of all the nations are there. And each one represents that nation with their laws, with their, what, and it's very sovereign. If somebody wants to hide away, they go into one of the embassies and nobody can touch them. We are ambassadors of the Lord, commissioned by him, sent by him, with a job to do of advancing the kingdom. And so the kingdom flows naturally from us. 
It is peace and righteousness and hope and healing the sick and raising the dead and speaking in other languages and driving out demons, bringing hope to the nation, keeping people safe, being an answer in a place of problems. That's the advance of the kingdom. And because he lives in us and we are children of God, we do it naturally. It's our right, our privilege is not an arrogance. It's a confidence we have that we are the hope of the nation. The church is the hope of the nation. There's no plan B. We are plan A. And if we're not doing stuff, making a difference, life comes to a creaky halt, really. And so the church, especially in this nation at this time, where we've got um, a political kind of... You know, it's, it's a shaky time. But the church, the church is becoming the head again and not the tail. God is raising up the church to be the answer as we advance the kingdom wherever we go. And you know, when we live, like we are in Cambridge now, so our eyes are on Cambridge. But Greg and I are fortunate we travel all across all the spheres and into Europe and all over, and so we see lots. But otherwise, one begins to think very locally. It's like what's happening in my home, my town, my city, my... But as Christians, we must look globally, find out what's going on. You, you look globally and you act locally. You prepare locally for what is happening globally. So if things are, are not quite what they should be globally, one starts to train your people lo locally how to be the answer. I find that so exciting, so very exciting. The church is on the move. We, the person sitting next to you, is on the move. The person sitting next to you, as well as you, are God's answer to everything that's going on in the world. Do you believe that? I'm quite interactive. You can, you can nod and you can grin and clap your hands and wave or whatever, because you're right at the back there. Hello. <laughs> Acts 17, 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place. If you had asked me 15 years ago, would Greg and I be living in the UK? We would have said, no way, no way. That wasn't in our plan at all. But you know, in God's plan before time, he knew that 12 years ago, he would send us to the UK. And so for you living in Bristol, you may think that you chose to live here, but before time, God knew exactly who of his kids would live in Bristol for such a time as this, because he's got a place and a job, and you're gifting your personality, who you are, your friends, your family, is all part of God's plan for the moving on of Bristol. So every single one of you has a part to play. Every one of you have got a lane in front of you with, your, with what God has planned. The good works he's planned in advance is in your lane. And as you run, you, you are reaping what God has prepared in your lane. 
And it's not for some, it's every single person who is a Christian has got a lane in front of them and is needed at this point in time for what is happening in Bristol. I find that amazing too. There's no, well, those are very gifted and those are little gifted and so on. It doesn't matter who's got what gifting, I can't do your job. I find you all amazing. And when I hear what you all do, it's like, that is hectic. That's very South African. Everything's hectic to us, you know. Uh, and, and you can't do what I do because God prepared me for this and he prepared each one of you for the most amazing things that you are doing. How clever. We were, as I said, at Gateway Swindon for a few days and I was with leaders and um, they asked me, what do I like about God? One thing. Well, there's lots, but you know. But I said questions. And so they said, what, did you, what do you like about God? And I said, you know, he's so clever. And I quite like people outwit me. He outwits me every time. I think I've got him sussed. Do you ever think you've got him sussed? And then what does he do? He does something, I think, I didn't know that. And you know, the older I get, the less I know him. Because as soon as I think I know him, he does something that is like, I didn't know that. And so he outwits me. I think I've got him. And then he outwits me, and I think, oh, that's marvelous. Keep on outwitting me, Lord. He's just so clever. And I appreciate that about him so much. And you know, we, though life is not always easy, we are totally in the palm of his hand because he knows what's going on. He's sovereign, and he knows, and we are actually quite safe. No matter, even if we're going through bad times, we are safe in his hands because he knows. So if something bad is happening to me, or somebody has said something or hurt me, I look at them and at first I don't like them. Or is it only me who does that? You know, and I frown and I don't like them. But then I feel God has said to me, I must lift my head to the sovereign God. And I've got to say, well, Lord, you're a good, good father. And you've allowed this. And you've allowed this because you want me to push through. You wouldn't have allowed it if it was gonna harm me, but you've allowed it because you've put enough in me to push through. And you're calling over me, Angela, push through. Angela, push through. Angela, push through. And so I hang on to God in the bad times, and he always comes through. Sometimes he's slow, and I've got to, you know, you pray and you go to wait, you think, but I prayed, I want it now. And it comes in three years' time, but he always comes through in some way or other. I just find the Lord wonderful, fantastic. I want to kiss his feet because he's so marvelous. And I don't think you guys know me, or some of you do, but my history is that I worked in the townships of Cape Town during the apartheid era when black and white couldn't mix, it was a law, we weren't allowed to have black friends, and um, everything was separate, and God sent me into the townships to make friends and uh, stand against apartheid and, and so on. And so I can stand here saying I've lived through the most horrific time 
of danger, of not knowing if I'd see my family again, if the security police would put me in prison for having black friends or, or going to the township or even fighting against apartheid. And I never knew whether I'd see my family again. It was detention without trial and so on. And you know what? God was so faithful. I saw him do miracle after miracle after miracle. And, um, and because of that, I can come and stand with confidence and say, he is to be trusted. And this book, every word is to be trusted. I, I fed off it. I would stand in the township, just me, with all, and I was the white oppressor going in among the oppressed. It's dangerous. But you know, people just loved me. And that was a miracle of God. And I would open the Bible and say, Lord, you said, you said. Because what he's put in the Bible is for us. We can say to him, Lord, you said, now do something. It's not a do something, it's a, you said. And he came through for me every single time. And here I am now in the West to say, Bristol Church, come on. Peter, Peter Linden, he loves me to, I know Peter, and Sue Linden well. And Peter always says to me, we in Jubilee Plus together. And Pete says to me, oh, I just love it when you say, come on, church. <laughs> so I did it for your benefit, Pete. But you know, it's like that. Because I've seen the role of the one person, and I, I was alone for a number of years in a township, then I had a small team and then a bigger team, and, um, and seeing the role of, of just the team, but then the church making a change, it has totally convinced me that God is able. If we are willing, God is able. He's only looking for obedience. Only obedience. It's the obedience that gets the jewel. The end result belongs to God. He saves, he heals, he delivers. He, he broke down apartheid. He does, he does the end result. He makes the church grow. He plants churches and makes them flourish. He does all that. All we need to do is be obedient. I think that's easy enough. We don't have to make anything happen. Now my good friend Nehemiah. Nehemiah rebuilt the broken walls. I think most of you know that story. So Nehemiah heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. And he wept over it. And you know, in our society, something is broken. We, 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 in, in our relational mission sphere, we talk about church for a broken world. Because things are broken. And, um, and Nehemiah didn't point fingers. And so often, you know, the, the, and I remember the verse now, for God to love the world, in the, in, the, in the service before I forgot the verse, and I had to be helped. <laughs> For God so loved the world. You know, we quote that easily. But then the next part is, because Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so often we are, look at the government, look at the laws, look what they're doing, look at those non-Christians, look what they do, look what they do. And the finger is going. And, uh, and you know, we must put our fingers back. Because Jesus didn't come to judge, but to save the world. And our job is not to judge, but to go and, and bring hope 
and the gospel and the name of Jesus to people with kindness. And I do Nicky Gumbel's Bible in a year. And uh, recently he spoke on kindness. And he, he said kindness is love with work clothes on. Isn't that marvelous? <laughs> kindness is love with work clothes on because we've got to work at kindness. And Nehemiah heard that the walls are broken down. He wept and, uh, and then went to the king and he should have had a happy face, but he was all miserable and took a chance. And the king, with God's hand on him, asked Nehemiah, what do you want? Now I want something to rebuild the walls and some time off. And by the way, I want uh, wood for my own house too, because God cares for us. He looks after us as well as the things that we're doing. He wants to care for us personally as well. And, um, and so Nehemiah got the teams together to rebuild. And what struck me is, as they were rebuilding the wall, it says some built far away. And they all had different jobs. There was the perfume maker who suddenly found himself building a wall. And some people worked at the dung gate. But it also says that some worked far and some worked near their house, right next door to the house. And so, you know, you send missionaries overseas, and we call them missionaries, but the missionaries stay home too and build right at their houses. And I want to speak to the women now, if I may, because so often women may think, well, we're the tea makers, you know, and we're the ones who do those background jobs or whatever. I'm, it's nice to see you having a woman hosting here um, because... Interestingly enough, Nehemiah, it says, next to Shalem, the son of Halawesh, ruler of half district, uh, repaired he and his daughters. So the women were as busy rebuilding the walls or the nation or society, hand in hand, arm in arm with men together. Can you see us as the army of God? hand in, when I look over like this, I think, whoa, raw people, this is the army of God. Be afraid, Satan. The army's on the rise. Aslan is on the move. Do you see, as we link in and we move, the enemy goes back. And I feel that is the picture God gives me of the church in England, all denominations who preach the gospel, arm in arm. Moving, come on, come on, this belongs to God. Let's bring the hope of Jesus into society. And the women helped build the wall. Um, and then, I don't know if you, when you read the Bible, if sometimes you skip the boring bits. Or is it just me? <laughs> but some of them, you know, you read Numbers or Chronicles and it goes on and on, and this one begat that one, and this one begat that one, and I think enough begatting. Let's get on, let's get on to the miracles of Acts, you know. But this time, I was reading one Chronicles, and uh, I thought, let me read it line by line. And it, it came to 1 Chronicles 7, 24. I was reading about the descendants of Ephraim, and it talks about a man whose son was killed. And so 
he had another son, and that son had a daughter. And the daughter's name was Shearer. And then it just put in this daughter who built both the lower and upper Beth Horon and Uzan and Shearer. This woman built three cities. Have you ever, have you ever heard of that? It's one of the hidden things. And because I looked at the details, I found it. And I, I felt God give it to me to speak over women, to say, women, we build. We build society. We build people. There's a role for women and men together, working arm in arm to actually help advance the kingdom. Matthew 5 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown and trampled under people's feet. Now that's not us. We've, we haven't lost our saltiness. Am I right? We haven't lost it. You are the light of the world. Church, you're the light of the world. Yes, but I'm feeling miserable today. But God in you is still the light. As miserable as we are, or if we've had a bad day or whatever, we are still the light. It doesn't come and go. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You know, when the church gets being just doing good, the gift of encouragement, may God bless this church with the gift of encouragement by the bucketful. Because out of encouragement will flow healing and deliverance and the gospel. We, because we want to encourage people, we want to see them saved. We want to see them healed. And we will step out and give it a go. I learned that wonderful saying from you guys. It's an English or British saying. You guys give it a go. And I've learned that. I've just got to give it a go. And then it, apparently it works if you give it a go. And so it's, it's just take the Bible and give it a go. Just nervously your heart beats and your mouth gets all dry you think oh lord but you know courage is a decision it's not an emotion but we wait for the emotion to come before we do something but the emotion will always be i don't want to do it but as you step out the holy spirit comes and courage comes it's a decision i will i will step out and so we are the ones you know We've got salt. We are like salt in society. In South Africa, we've got this meat called biltong. Any South Africans here? Yeah, biltong? So it's dried meat. It's an acquired taste, apparently. I, I quite like it. But. And, and it's raw meat that has been salted and then dried for two weeks and three weeks and four weeks and five weeks, and it doesn't go off. So our job is in society is to, be the, to go and be the salt so that nothing goes off. And when we're not doing our job, things start to wobble in society because they haven't been freshened by the church. And also, 
The salt, once you eat biltong or peanuts, salted peanuts, your lips get wrinkly. And you've got to have water. We make people's lips wrinkly for Jesus. <laughs> do you see? They see us and what we do, and there's a flavor about us. And the aroma of Christ oozes off us. And when they walk past us, even if they don't like us, even if they swear at us, or say, you, you silly people, happy clappies, and I don't know what else, we leave a something behind that will, never, that will never go away from them. And eventually it bears fruit. We make the world thirsty for what we've got. You know, Jesus was a dignity bringer. No matter where he went, he brought dignity to people. And in our townships, my, I would go into the people who'd been so oppressed, poor, uh, you know, and I knew I had to bring hope and dignity so that they would say to me, Angela, you give us dignity. So, you know, that's my word, dignity. You are dignity bringers wherever you go. So where people have lost hope, we bring dignity. When society feels all broken and lost, we speak words of life in and an acceptance of people. You know, we look at people and we look at the diamonds in them more than the coal. And so often in society we see people's wrong, all the coal. But if we tell them they're diamonds, we can go coal mining. So I speak out the diamonds and then you change. You've got, you've got the right to change the rest instead of this is what you're doing wrong. I wonder if you close your eyes please. In 1 Peter it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And I just feel I must speak over you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are a priest, a royal priesthood. And sometimes we forget that in the middle of Life and things get tough. And, and life can take odd turns. And we can lose our courage. And I feel God wants to say, you're a royal priesthood. You are chosen as his possession. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the power oozes off you. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit has been lavished on you all liberally. And you are dripping the gifts of the Holy Spirit to liberally give out to each other and a waiting world. It's just the most natural things. It's called being naturally supernatural. We naturally ooze the gifting of the Holy Spirit onto a waiting world. 
Father, I want to ask for, for healing of minds here. I want to ask, Lord, where people have, have believed a lie, where people have believed the whispers of the enemy that they know good or broken, where there has been abuse and words spoken over people that have bound them tight. Father, I ask that you break it over this congregation this morning in the name of Jesus. Because, Lord, we need a, a whole new mindset for this new season so that the church will be the church with a roar. We sing that song, the angels roar. Well, I want to join in with the angels that roar. And the church will roar over sickness and disease and poverty and injustice and slavery and abuse. We, we just, Father, we want such a change in Bristol. We want such a change. We want such a change in the universities. We want such a change for the younger generation to actually inherit a good nation, a nation that is full of the love of God, um, that is planting churches, sending people out all over the world to bring hope. We ask for that. We want a generation to come on who is liberally equipped and confident, not arrogant, but confident in who they are. Father, you've said we are seated in heavenly places. We are seated right there with you. That's amazing, Lord. If we think of kids on a swing, how when they're swinging high, they swing their legs. I often think of myself on a swing bench with you in, up in the sky, seated in heavenly places, and you're sitting next to me, Lord, and I'm swinging my legs, swinging my legs in freedom. And I ask for that freedom over this congregation, Father. I want to ask really that lies of the enemy and uh, lies of our own mind and of our past and strongholds from the past be broken over us in the name of Jesus. And, and I want to address demonic, the demonic realm that would want to try and harm God's people and just say, demonic realm, hands off. This is the people of God, the apple of God's eye, each and every one. Father, and I want to speak hope and health and healing over this congregation, over hearts, minds, and bodies for people who've come and, uh, and, and they would love to be healed in the body. Lord, will you heal bodies today? I speak healing over this congregation in the name of Jesus. And for people, you know, men mental health is a big thing in this nation. Father God, we ask for sound minds. We ask, Lord, that for the church, mental health won't be the big thing. That healing will come so that we will be able to go out and bring hope and healing to many crushed people to many with mental health. We ask, Lord, you break this mental health thing over, over, the, over us, Father, and over the nation in Jesus' name. We ask for such a heightened ability to heal the sick. Father, will you come with miracles and signs and wonders? Because we read it, Lord. We read it and we actually want it, Lord. But Father, we want to believe you Will you grow our faith to believe you? And not faith in faith, but faith in you, that you will come so that we step out and we give it a go, Lord. And then, Lord, will you come and answer? Come and answer, Father. 
We don't want to feel like well, when we pray, nothing happens. We, we want something to happen when we pray, Father. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Will you stand, please? Holy Spirit, come. Let, let's just wait on God for a while. Let's wait on God. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come in waves with your healing, with your encouragement, with new things. Father, where people have been longing to know their gifting, let it drop into their hearts and minds. Give them prophetic words for each other. Father, will you come for a new day in this nation? and a new time in Bristol. Will you come with a fresh anointing of power, of love, of, of, of a bunch of dignity bringers, Lord, with our own hearts being healed and warmed in you, to take healed, warmed hearts into universities and hospitals and our own homes and wherever we are, all our different works, the lawyers and the scientists and doctors, all people, no matter what, the street sweepers, the dirt collectors, to bring encouragement wherever we are. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You're quite a lot of people, and I, but there is a bit of place. Are you, are you a moving people? Yeah? Can I get you out of your seats? Is that all right, a bit of messy church? I want you to find someone, not husband, wife, my next best friend. And I want you to pray the prayer that you would like someone to pray for you. And if you're a visitor, just say, no, I don't, uh, you know, I just want to sit this one out. It's all grace. It's fine. There's no embarrassing of anyone. This is just we as family, being the family together, giving away what God's given us. And I want you to find someone. I want you to pray the prayer that you would like someone to pray for you. Father God, please, I need a, I need a holiday in August and I don't have the finances. You know, that kind of thing. Pray it for them. Father, will you give them a holiday in August? Will you give them the finance and the place to go? Will you bring healing? If you need healing, pray healing for someone else. If you want to know what your gifting is, say, Father, will you let them know what their gifting is? Will you do that? Holy Spirit, will you come with power now? This is not games, this is, this is us. This is the church giving away to each other so that tomorrow and even this afternoon when we leave here, we are more equipped, feel more bold, feel I can go into work tomorrow or whatever, carrying the aroma of Christ, not to punch people with the gospel, but just to be kind and generous and encourage. We've got about five minutes. Can you pray? Move around. There's enough place. You're a very brave people because there's a lot of you and you all moved to pray and I had to really work hard to get your attention because you are so good at what you're doing. 
and I need to say that to you. You're brilliant. I didn't have to work hard to get you to do it. It wasn't like mixing porridge or cement. You just did it because it's there. You are ready for action. You really are the people ready for action. And because of that, you know, there's a, a, the prophetic going around the world is, it's a new season in the West, really. And so we need new wine for the new wineskins. It's a new day, and God wants to pour out floods of his Holy Spirit in a whole new way for a whole new season. And it's, it's interesting that the, the Lord Jesus, as he, just before he ascended, he said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes in you, then you'll be my witnesses, and he gave that, you know, uh, that commission. But the Holy Spirit has come. In Acts 2, he came, and he's with us, and, we, and he just wants to stir us into action. And the commission still stands. Those 11 guys who got the commission, they did their job. That's why we are here. Now we each have a job to do. So I want to ask you, if you are willing and ready to just give it a go for this next season, just, Lord, what do you want me to do? Father, I'm ready. I'm actually so nervous and scared, but I'm, I'm ready to do whatever you ask. I'm ready, Father. For this next season, will you, will you use me in whatever way you've prepared for me? But I want to. It's going to be interesting now. I want you to come forward. Now, if you, if you find you can't leave your seat, it's okay, Jesus. It's not about the coming forward. That's really just for me and a bit of action. But, but if you want to stay in your seat, it is fine. Jesus comes to seats. But I'd like you to move, those of you, come and fill places because you're saying to the Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. Andrew, don't go away. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, this is what spiritual warfare is. The Tunbridge Wells lot, you can come and join. Take, take back to Tunbridge Wells, yeah? But it's saying, it's saying to the Lord, we are ready. And you know what? It's saying to principalities and powers, the evil one, watch out. The church is on the move. You can come in closer so more people can get near. And press in. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. If you find, you can stay in the back. You can stay sit because the Holy Spirit comes to you there too. Holy Spirit, however you receive him, eyes open, eyes closed, hands out, hands on your head, whatever, there's no style or way. Holy Spirit, see your people, Lord, your royal priesthood, your holy nation, the people who, who you've taken as your possession. And Lord, we just come to you this morning and say, we are, we are willing, we are scared. But the disciples were scared. And the Apostle Paul was scared. And we're scared, but Lord, we trust you. We trust your character. We trust, we trust who you are. We trust 
Looking back, we trust the history we have with you, even if it's only a day. We trust you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and fill us to overflowing. A fresh anointing for a fresh season of power. Father, I want to ask that the gifting that you've given to me and abilities and reckless devotion and doing anything you ask and going places for you. I want to ask, Lord, for an impartation. And it's an interesting thing, I've never done this in the UK to in, and, I, and I get around with any church before. An impartation of what you've given me. But for each person in their own way, their own style, their own, how they do it. But I ask for an impartation now into this church, into each person. Whoa. In the name of Jesus, an impartation of setting the gifting free, being naturally supernatural, seeing things change wherever we go, seeing our words have power, being kind and full of encouragement and yet full of authority, full of power, not being arrogant, but knowing who we are in Jesus. Being able to say to the demons, let this people go. Let this person go. Let, and the demons have to leave in the name of Jesus. That's who we are. And so we speak to principalities and powers and say the church is on the move. Aslan ha is not rising. Aslan has risen. Jesus has risen from the dead and is alive in each one of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Andy, I'm going to ask Andy, Andrew, Andy, Andrew, to come and commission you for this next season. And this is a, a, a real holy moment of God saying, I see you, I see all of you. From the back to the front, sitting and standing, I see you. And I've come, and I will come, and I'll keep on coming, because I love you. This is what God said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, don't say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now, now, City Church, I've put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. That's God's word to us as a church right now. And I want you to receive it by the Holy Spirit right now. 
appoints you to speak his truth over nations and kingdoms, to build, to plant, to believe, to carry the fragrance of Christ to everyone and everywhere, to recklessly abandon your life to serving your King.